This is Greg Smallwood, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 103, and you are with your high priest of Conchu, Ray. And I have another special guest co-host joining me on this 103rd episode. I'm very pleased to have with us, for a particular reason, uh, Phil, Phil me in Perich from the Capes and Lunatics podcast. Hey, Phil, how are you going? Good, good. It's great to be here. I was going to make a joke and be like, hey, hey, it's Noel Tate, everyone. How are you doing? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, poor Noel. Yes, incapacitated. Uh, we'll have to go grab him, grab him soon. But no, Phil, of course, you're here uh, not just to obviously join us on this show, which is always a, a pleasure, but uh, this is part two of a crossover which uh, you and I have been doing across both of the podcasts that we uh, we host. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we did part one uh, on our Ultimate Spider Cast show, which we do on the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and you covered Spider Man, the uh, the Todd McFarlane run. It's a bit hard to it's that's the adjectiveless Spider Man, right? Um, that title uh, issues thirteen to fourteen uh, by Todd McFarlane, which kind of ties in. With a symbiote kind of clad Spider-Man, with our issues thirty-two and thirty-three, um, for loonies that haven't listened to the, that episode twenty-seven point five, I believe, Phil. Yes, yes. Um, go check it out. It is a, it's a good primer for um, for actually just setting up. I guess uh, what happens in 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 these issues thirty-two and thirty-three. Uh, you'll also be. Uh, treated with fantastic vocal talents from Mr. Parrish as well. Phil, I was very, very pleasantly surprised with uh, your vocal renditions of, you know, um, Morbius, uh, a few a few uh, homeless people, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> um, yeah, did um, have you have you had any background in in vocal acting? Uh, no, not really. It's basically just been a lot on the job training the last couple of years with the podcast. But yeah, they're very nice indeed. Um, also, as well, Looney's may know um, a little shout out to our ITK serial, The Hunt for Conchu's Golden Scepter. I've uh, managed to nab the talents of Mister Phil Perich as well. So, Phil, uh, looking forward to having you on the serial. Playing something a little different. It's a small role, but um, after listening to 27.5, your episode, uh, I'm thinking of actually writing you in. I have an idea of how to how to pitch you in the universe. <laughs> mm, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, uh, keeping, that un- keeping that under wraps. Yeah, well, actually, uh, I might put it to you anyway, just before, you know, are, are there any, is there any way that you'd like to be portrayed? Any, any um, particular, I don't know, particular angle? Um you know, just just totally high level. Would you like to be conveyed as a villain, or uh, would you like to be, uh, I don't know, uh, tech savvy, or um, or war torn? <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> um, I just, 
I, this this is your masterpiece. I'm just <laughs> be a little bit bit actor in your in your. Uh, okay. Okay. No, no, no worries. Well. Uh, well. Yep. I've I've really got something. Uh, uh, germinating in this warped mind of mine, but um, yeah, it, it's great to have you on board for that and keen to do a role. So um, yeah, can't wait to get onto that. Anyway, as usual, loonies. Uh, just starting off with a little bit of idle chat, and uh, to kick off, I guess Phil, what we always kind of usually ask is, um, what are your any big hits, any recommendations of things that you're reading at the moment for the loonies out there? Yeah, I read like a lot of Marvel and DC, but this week, you know what I enjoyed was uh, the final issue of The Walking Dead. Oh, yes, right. And you had a an episode dedicated to that as well. Yeah, we did a special on it on the uh, 4th of July. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. um, it's a really good story, and the, the best part, I keep harping about this, it's a triple-sized issue at the same price as like a regular oh. issue. <laughs> Take a leaf out of that Marvel and DC, <laughs> um, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Treat the fans to like treat the fans that have been with you for so long. And Walking Dead's been on for a, a long time, right? Have you been reading it from the start or? No, um, I, I kind of got into it when the TV show started, mm-hmm. and then I grabbed like the first two omnibuses, and then after that, I was like, oh, this is so good because I can put the omnibuses down. Mm. So I just collecting the issues from that point on, and yeah, oh, right, okay. Yeah, I uh, I got the first compendium. I think it's the same thing, right? It's a soft cover, really thick mother of a book, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I have is the those compendiums. compendiums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I've just got the first one, and yeah, I was really uh, addicted to it as well. It's a huge thing to read, but uh, I couldn't put it down. Um, you know, obviously, again, money and all that gets kind of gets in the way, and and. Uh, yeah, things have kind of fallen back, but I wouldn't mind getting that. I think there are three volumes, right? So you stopped at two, and then you went to catch the um, the single issues. Yeah, I caught it. I I caught up to uh, the the monthly issues, so I yep. just started collecting them monthly. Yeah, so I have about half of it in the compendiums of the series, and then the other half of the series is just the uh, single issues. Okay, tucked uh, neatly between some issues of of Quasar, hopefully, or. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yes, about, uh, yes. Uh, you know we're all we're all here, all about uh, the ultimate spider cast. But I've got to give a shout out to one of Phil's other uh, shows. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Quantum Zone. Go check it out, Loonies, as well. Um, as I mentioned previously, Phil has got many feathers to his cap, um, and the Quantum Zone's just really awesome. I like the banter that you have with um, with Will. Allred and Matt Kona, yes. yeah, those guys yeah. are those guys are top notch. They're, they're good. They sound like good fun to to um, discuss Quasar. Oh yeah, we take nothing seriously, and even like Matt Kona is a stand-up uh, comedian, so mm, you yeah. know you know all fun and games there. Yes, yeah, nice, excellent. Well, yeah, again, um, as well as always, loonies on the show notes. We'll put these in. I highly recommend the Quantum Zone. Uh, you know, it might have something to do with me having a, a soft spot for Quasar, um, but these guys, they do really a really good job. They went through, I, I didn't totally agree with them with the uh, collector's obsession. <laughs> I've, I've, got to, I've got to use my forum, Phil, to, to stick up for it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, they, they kind of, which is fine, they, you know, they kind of panned it as well. Um, but, of course, Cosmos and Collision, Oh, man, oh. loonies! If you love Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet, do yourself a favor. Check out Cosmos in Collision. It is a ripper 
of a uh, an arc, um, and it's uh, it, it's uh, a showcase of how cosmic, I guess, arcs should be done. Oh yeah, I was going to say it's probably one of the best Marvel cosmic tales ever. Mm, mm. If you could, if you could um, compare it with, say, DC film, what would the best DC cosmic tale be? I mean, you're you're hmm. quite versed in DC, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know I told you that um, it's it's very in depth and very behind the scenes, but probably that first Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah crossover i mean it, it basically changed dc from that point on it was in the mid 80s but it was like right even, whether whether they were in there a lot or a little basically every dc character at the time at least made a cameo appearance if not like a full-on you know okay right. every dc character so i mean wow and, and portrayed well i'm assuming like they're all kind of given you know given yep. uh, yeah 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 For- yeah, yeah, yeah. For what it's worth, yeah, yeah, right, okay. Uh, was that George Perez or? Uh, oh yeah, George Perez art and uh, Marv yeah. Wolfman. You know that classic team behind yeah. that classic Teen Titans run. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, we won't dwell too much on the cosmic. We are very much street level here. We, you know, we've got Spider Man swinging around. We've got Moon Knight, of course, Loonies, and you're here to listen, Moon Knight. Um, just a couple of other things uh, I wanted to touch base on. Uh, obviously, June has just passed, and um, another little shout out to the Fantasy Comic League run by uh, Brian uh, at the Fantasy Comic League. Really good stuff. Our division, the ITK Moon Knight 2019. Um, uh, doing okay for our, our first season. Um, so we've got a couple more months, I believe, to go before we see how we all kind of compare with the rest of the divisions. Phil, have you uh, have you ever thought of dabbling in uh, Fantasy Comic League? Have you ever done footy, fa- um, footy Fantasy Leagues? Um, I would love to do some kind of goth comic fantasy league but it's just like the numbers and stuff like i've never even i really don't even know how to play like fantasy football or any of that (laughs) like okay how does this work it's i think it's just the math that like uh intimidates me but Uh, i I would like some kind of comic uh oh man but i'm always like how does it well how does how does this work is it oh yeah I don't know the ins and outs of it as well. Uh, I'll leave a lot of the scoring, obviously, to, to Brian and his brain's trust. Um, but, yeah, no, but basically, for, well, actually, for Phil and for, for Looney's out there, you basically, you um, you were in a division with five, like yourself included, five people. Uh, you choose a team. Each of the five members choose a team um, from characters, and uh, each character in the Marvel Universe is scored depending on their power set and uh, their appearances in comics uh, during that month. And uh, obviously, people that rack up the highest points will, will be uh, top dog of that division. And uh, and then you look at the divisions against other divisions, and you see how you go there. So it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of fun to draft. Your, you can either draft your favourite your favorite um, characters, or you can be a bit more... Uh, add a bit more scrutiny to it and, and try to win the damn thing. Because <laughs> there's, there's incentives as well. I mean, you can win trades. Um, I think each month uh, the, the top scorer gets a trade. So, yeah, definitely worth a, um, worth a go. Um, so, yeah, check it out again. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, a lot of fun. And I just want to give a shout-out to Brian. He's doing great work over there, a lot of work, I must say. Um, also, Phil, finally, I just wanted to get your take uh, oh. I know the San Diego Comic Con is coming up soon. Uh, that, this runs, I think, from Thursday the 18th to the 21st of July. Now, Phil, what can we expect 
from Marvel or Hall H, or I've never been to the con, so I don't know what, what the thing is, uh, comics-wise and cinema-wise, what do you reckon? What are you expecting to hear, and what would you like to hear? Um, well, you know we're probably going to get big announcements about what the uh, MCU, like what movies and stuff they're going to put out, because they've been really secretive about mm. that. Yeah, said they they would announce till after Spider Man Far From Home. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we're gonna get big MCU announcements. And uh, did you see Far From Home yet? No, not yet. I'm hoping to see it on Tuesday. Have you you've seen it, right? Yeah, we saw it yesterday morning. I saw. It. So is it good? Yeah, ah. yeah. See it? Yeah. Lovely. Oh, stay for the stay for the two end credit scenes. I heard that. I heard that the middle and the end ones are pretty good, and they... Oh, they're setting up for the future, oh, yes. lovely. Oh, man, that's pretty cool. Well, I, I'm going on Tuesday. Um, you guys will prob- most most uh, probably be having a, um, uh, a spoiler review on it, right? Yes, we're doing uh, yeah, our review tomorrow night, uh, Sunday at uh, 7 p.m., uh, you Eastern U.S. time. I'd invite you, but I'm sure you're probably either going to be <laughs> yeah. sleeping or on your way to work Monday morning. Yeah, uh, no, I'll, I'll, de- I'll definitely be listening to it, but um, it will be after after the Tuesday when I get my my Spider Man fix. Uh, no, that's exciting to hear, Phil, and uh, no, really good. And having done the Infinity War uh, discussion with you um, all those yonks ago, um, it'll be fun to hear your thoughts on Spider Man Far From Home as well. Uh, Look, uh, and, and you know, and you know, I was, I was going to say, sorry, it just feels like I keep pimping my show, but no, no, uh, of course, yeah. Well, the Monday after San Diego Comic Con, we're going to do a, a special because uh, our co-host Lil Hellfire will be at San Diego Comic Con, so right. uh, she's she's going to bring back all the news and uh, <gasps> does she in regu- real time? She regularly hmm. goes, right? Like she's been to a few, yeah, years. yeah, yeah, because that's where she grew up in San Diego, so ah. that's like town. So yeah, she goes a lot. Oh, okay, well. Uh, I also actually have to uh, a little uh, a little shout out towards uh, Lilith Hellfire as well, Phil. Listening to the Ultimate Spider Cast, I would have to totally agree. A big fan of Ben Riley as well. I am so uh, she's <laughs> she scored some points there for me. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Do, do you like do you like uh, um, the Scarlet Spider as well? Oh yeah, I yeah. love Scarlet. Yeah, I, lo- I love that whole clone stuff. I know, like, in the 90s, they dragged that out way yeah. too long. Well, that's it. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I think you can either love it or hate it. And, um, no, nah, it's good to hear it. So when I heard that, uh, and it's uh, the bumper to your show each time, it's like, yeah, bloody oath. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, for San Diego Comic Con, um, I, I, look, I really don't know how it totally works. I, I guess Hall H as well. Um, as you say, we're probably going to get a bit more information on Phase 4. Um, there's um, potentially more information on the Shang-Chi movie, which I'm really looking forward to as well. Um, we've got a couple of announcements of, uh, I think, stars, or at least the director has been announced, and unfortunately his name eludes me. Uh, but that sounds pretty cool. Maybe more on the Eternals. Maybe more on Keanu Reeves, Phil. Maybe... Maybe he can finally be slotted in somewhere. Foggy's got a, you know, maybe Moon Knight. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not pandering, but I want to see some Moon Knight. Yeah, Keanu yeah. would be great. I mean, he does all that John Wick stuff already. So. Yeah, yeah, which I haven't seen. Have you seen all of them? Or No, I haven't seen all of them yet, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm exactly, but, yeah. I hear good stuff, and I mean, yeah. he's he's already an action star. I mean, he did those Matrix movies. Yeah. Now he does John Wick stuff. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he's but he, but I, he, I hear he's busy filming uh, Bill and Ted uh, three. Oh really? Oh, okay. That's uh, 
different from John Wick, <laughs> anyway. Um, but, you know, that was what springboarded him on. Uh, so, anyway, okay, cool. So, San Diego, look, I, again, I was kind of um, probably dangling in the character there, Phil. Uh, I was hoping uh, San Diego Comic Con, maybe announcements from the comic book writers, maybe more on Moon Knight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, of course, my first love is comics, <laughs> I hope. Some yeah. big comic announcement. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's a bit of. A, I had a, a chat with Wayne in the last episode. We're talking about cons in the the comic conventions yeah. in Australia, Supernova, and uh, it's a bit of a disappointment. Like that, comic book conventions are less and less about comic books. I mean, you know, not wanting to sound like a grumpy old man, but surely there's got to be, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. are there are there conventions that are more aimed towards, you know, just comic books. I know, obviously, the big hitters, A-list Hollywood stars, bring in the, bring in the bucks. But um, I guess the lesser ones, right, in, in the US would, would be more on... Would they? No? Um, yeah, sometimes. I know sometimes we get smaller cons around here that are just comic book-centric, but there's, like, a bigger yeah. one around here, the Steel City Con, where it's, like, okay. they have, they'll bring in guests from, like, you know... Uh, TV, some TV, some of the TV stars, some of them uh, from uh, you know years ago, or because uh, yep. what was it in December? Uh, my friend Tyler and I we met uh, Dean Kane. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, nice he's, one. He's a, he's a really nice guy. He's you know some cool. of those people they you can tell they're just there to like you know make the money or whatever. But yeah, he was really nice. Yeah, and the prices actually you know on that the prices for getting a photo with them they're they're not cheap though as well aren't they? They're, they're... Yeah. Oh yeah, like a, like if you just want to like talk to him for two seconds and maybe get a signature, usually it's not too bad. But yeah, if you want to get like the full yeah you know, package, yeah, it can be yeah. kind of priced. Oh, I want to give a little shout out to one of our fellow collective members, obviously Dave Dave Finn from the Signal of Doom, um, a funny awesome bloke. Anyway, he was telling us um, he had a bit of a chat about it as well, and you know the likes of at our comic cons, you know we have Chris Hemsworth, obviously. You know, he's a big star, but, you know, he's local talent. I, I always see him as the guy from Home and Away, he, you know, the, the TV soap drama. Obviously, he's more than that now. He's, he's a huge, huge star. But, you know, just charging a few hundred bucks for a, for a photo, it's like, come on. You can you can do a mate's rates, can't you? You know, we're in we're in Australia. You can... You can uh, but, he's in the Avengers. He can't, uh, like, he's not... <laughs> body already. Yeah, I know, I know. He's, uh, but it just, it's just weird, you know. I mean, I guess it's different in Australia compared to, you know, in the US. You've got a whole lot more stars and, and you know, big big list names. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so, okay, uh, maybe, maybe more on Moon Knight, hopefully. Uh, maybe more, oh, God, yet another event for Marvel. I'm sure there'll be something announced. Uh, we've still got the House of X and the Power of X or the House of Ten and the Power of Ten, which I'm looking forward to from Jonathan Hickman. Don't get me wrong. Um, that's good. I want to see more of Acts of Evil as well, Phil, you know? Yes. For me, it's not quite hitting the heights of Acts of Vengeance from what we've seen, right? You know, just the solicits. Yeah. Um, oh, Acts of Vengeance was, and always, and again, um, apologies, loonies. I'm with Phil, so you're talking again to it. It feels the same vintage vintage of uh, myself so i like to yeah. vent with phil um but acts of vengeance back in the day it was awesome it was great it was spanning across all the titles it had a, a nice core story um acts of evil looks like a predominantly an annuals based thing which is not yeah. too bad i mean i remember you guys talking in the quantum zone about um atlantis attacks which actually i'd love to get into um have you have you got all the parts to that or 
Oh, I don't think I have that. That spandex. I think what was that? Like every annual Marvel had that yeah. year. I, don't, I have, but yeah, I don't. I don't think uh-huh, I have okay. all. But uh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, with Acts of uh, Vengeance, it went through every monthly book. The Atlantis Attacks, at least, it went through every annual. Yeah, Acts of Evil just seems like it picked and choose. It was just picks and which ones it goes through. But at least we're getting the Moon Knight, which is we, uh, which is funny. Yeah. It's funny, Moon Knight gets an annual, but he doesn't have an ongoing book. Right now. <laughs> it's strange. It's just like it's really like not a slap in the face to Moon Knight fans, but it's kind of like we're giving you this thing, but you know you're not having, you know you're not having the the whole banana. You know what I mean? Um, Unless something's coming. I know, I know, which is what we're all clinging to. But um, hopefully, yeah, with Acts of Evil, I'm just hoping there's a there's a common thread throughout them all, rather than just you know random Mm -hmm. villains yeah so um we'll have to wait and see but hopefully look we're still a long way out from san diego comic con i'll be watching most of it on the the live stream from youtube which is the the closest that i can ever get to (laughs) to san diego comic con um but yeah um be great you have uh, lilith there as your live correspondent which will be fantastic yeah, so uh, check out our uh, social media, which I'll drop later. Yeah, we'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll post uh, live, live updates as I can. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Um, all right, loonies. Okay, just going through. Look, it's been pretty thin pickings for our, our new segment, White Noise. There's only this one thing. There was an appearance of Arachnite. This was posted up by Rebecca on the on our ITK Facebook group. Uh, there, this week, the Soldier Supreme Annual was released, which I believe is one of a five-parter um, series with um, the likes of all the other Infinity Warps uh, characters. So obviously, Arachnite is coming, uh, but he appears in in this issue, uh, looking pretty, pretty, pretty spick there. I think Phil, did you manage to see that? I think it's only one panel. Yeah, yeah, I read the issue. Um, oh, um, yep. yeah, I liked it. It. Um... I mean, yeah, like you said, he only appears like one panel, but he seemed a little more jovial than he than he did yeah. in his uh, in the original series. Yeah, a bit a bit more spidey. Well, he's always had a bit more of that spider flavor. Actually, this is funny, Phil, because he is a bit of an amalgamation between the two characters that we're kind of representing in this podcast. Oh uh, yeah, yeah Spider Man and Moon Knight. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So he always had a bit of that Spider Man kind of edge in um, that that two parter that he had in Infinity Warps. And yeah, as you say, it looks like he's a bit more uh, taking it uh, one step further with his with his humour. But no, looking good, very cool costume as always. So um, so that's very cool indeed. Look, sorry for we're gonna get there, Maloney's Just bear with us. We're getting there with our uh, with our review. Um, I know we're both chomping to the bits to actually get into it. I just wanted to also feel because last episode Wayne and I we we. We troll, scroll through the Facebook group, and I thought it'd be good to just give some loonies some shout outs. Um, so I wanted to have, I had a look through the group as well to see, look, is there anything uh, noteworthy that we can discuss at least? Um, not too much, but I wanted to shout out at least some loonies. Dwayne, Corey, and Mike, they posted uh, some additions to their ever-growing Moon Knight collection, so well done, Loonies. Uh, It's always great to see uh, Loonies um, expanding their Moon Knight collection. Uh, It's always great to share this passion, so so good on you, Dwayne, Corey, and Mike. Uh, We also have, and this is a bit of a community announcement, uh, we have Loonie Brian Hartless is selling his entire Moon Knight collection, so... Man, Phil, if you need any, if there are any gaps in your collection, you're, you're only a few off, aren't you? 
Oh, well, for my Mark Spector Moon Knight collection, I'm only missing two issues. Ooh, so, let me guess, but, the, the, the Stephen Platt ones, right? Oh, um... The, the, the later ones? You know, it is, yeah, it is, I think, what is that? Is it 55 or 56? Uh, you know what, I actually... Th- I no, I think I might actually only need one now because I did. Oh. I was missing. Uh, I was missing one part of the stained glass scarlet uh, arc, and but I did pay, manage to finally pick that oh. up. So yeah, now that I'm thinking about, it, yeah, I only need one. That's oh, yeah, one of those Stephen shoes. Yeah, I think it's the Spider Man one. Bloody hell, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep coming back to Spider Man this week. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but you're doing well with your collection, Bloody hell, That's great, awesome stuff. Well, maybe you can hit um, Young Brian here with his collection. He's selling all of them. They include variants, a, a whole kit and caboodle. Uh, so, if you uh, want to contact Brian or get into it, either join our group or just uh, hit us up, and we'll try and arrange something. I know Brian is keen to to, to sell it. I don't I don't know why. It's, it's a beautiful collection. But anyway, um, thanks, Looney Brian, for sharing that as well. Also, another couple of shout outs we have from Looney's. Looney Jordan has posted sightings of. Uh, <laughs> Crescent Beach, um, so he's cited that, and our beloved Power of Chad has cited Lake Crescent near his place as well. Um, so, Looney's any any Mooney related <laughs> road or beach or lake, uh, hit us up as well. well. We'll shout it out. Phil, is there a is there a Conchu Avenue near you, or is there a, a Spectre <laughs> Spectre Street? I wish. I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think we have any. Uh... Moon moon themed uh, streets or <laughs> track? I don't think so. It's an odd one. Um, look, I love seeing. It. I remember some loonies were um, posting uh, people with license plate numbers as well. It's just it's just funny. It's hilarious, you know. I love it how Mark Spector Moon Knight is on the minds of the loonies. So let's keep it that way, loonies. Keep your eyes out. You know, be vigilant at night protect the night travelers all that sort of stuff we love it uh so yeah big shout out there to jordan and to the power of chad of course um also we've got a couple of things here anthony and doc issues from one of our favorite podcasters well capes on the couch where comics get counseling they're heading towards their 50th episode so um for their 50th episode they're doing a mailbag they're gonna do the whole episode answering questions um, sent in from listeners so get your questions in these guys are awesome if you haven't listened to their show they basically pick a comic book character um have you listened to this phil uh no i've been meaning to i listen to so many podcasts I know, yeah, yeah, of course i mean i mean uh episode 50 might be a good jumping on point though. oh very very much so anthony and doc are very uh a very amiable car- um hosts as well and they do th- they obviously did moon knight which is how i came across them uh, and, uh, yeah, anyway, this Anthony answering any questions. I've already submitted some questions for them, but, uh, a big shout out for them and, uh, a big congratulations on their upcoming 50th as well. So, uh, yeah, so that about wraps up our spectacle, our shout outs. Now, before we get into it, Phil, I am going to, uh, throw the torch to you. We're going to do a little bit of a preamble. This is part two, as we mentioned, of our Moon Knight slash Spider-Man crossover with the Ultimate Spider-Cast. And uh, as we mentioned, Phil, episode 27.5 was part one of uh, of this, which showcased Spider-Man basically setting the scene. He had a little bit of an adventure before it comes across issue 32 and 33. now, I guess in in summary, Phil, how would you um, how would you summarize 
this adventure in 13 and 14? Oh, basically, uh, these homeless people are, well, from who are living in the sewer are abducting like other pe- like other homeless people and other people from the surface. Mm-hmm. And, and so like Spider-Man goes to investigate, he goes down and he's like, oh, they can see me coming a mile away. So I got to put on this black suit, even though my wife doesn't like it too much. Mm-hmm. So he puts it on and uh, he's like, oh, they could still kind of see me. But then he has like a whole encounter with Morbius, the living vampire. Yeah. Really cool character, actually. I really do like Morbius. Um, he's kind of sympathetic. It's it's weird because he's a vampire, but you know it's it's against his kind of kind of against his. Um, he doesn't really want to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think depending who writes him, they always kind of paint him as either an anti-hero or like a full-on villain. Mm, yeah. So uh, yeah, so uh, so basically, it's a, it's a bit of a tussle with with Morbius, um, and because because some homeless people, obviously, geez, these poor homeless people, they always are the uh, <laughs> you know the the, the poor um, victims of these these sorts of shenanigans. Uh, also, actually, taking a step back, Phil, I forgot to ask the Ultimate Spider Cast. So um, you gave a bit of a plug with it, um, Little Hellfire. Um, so what what sort of series do you cover as well? I mean, there are a lot of Spider Man series. What have you covered so far? Well, the first half, I mean, we started in January. Uh, well, we started with, like, we've we've been doing theme months because yep. at the end of each month we were covering each movie. So, you know, mm-hmm. of course, the first month we started with the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. So, of course, those were Green Goblin-centric ah, after right. issues. And February was uh, Dr. Octopus month. So, yeah, after this month when we're doing the Mysterio stuff, uh, yes. yeah, we're going to be branching out into – we're going to be uh, covering uh, – Identity Crisis and all the Slinger stuff. Awesome. Do you remember those identities? Uh, yeah. And then September, we're going <laughs> to, we just mentioned it, we're going to be doing Spider Man's Axe of Vengeance issues. Yes. Oh, Axe yeah. of Vengeance. Let me, let me try to remember. Um, don't tell me. Oh, you probably will have to. Because I did get them from Spectacular Spider Man, right? No, no. He did, he had the Tri Sentinel, right? That was Amazing Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he got a whole bunch. Yeah, he had three books, so he he fought a whole bunch of people, and uh, that's member. Yeah, not to spoil too much, but he got the Captain yeah. Universe powers during yes. that time. Oh, the Cosmic Spidey is awesome. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, cool. So, I, mean, he, yeah. I mean, he was going toe to toe with like the Hulk, Magneto. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the Hulk in? Um, because one of my favorite Spidey runs, um, back in the day was the web of spider-man which i know you guys covered some of as well um i love i, I can't do his name justice is alex savuic uh, the the artist Savi- Savia? Savia. i don't know i'm not yeah, yeah you know the you know the guy right yeah. I love his work, his uh, pencils on Web of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, Web of Spider-Man was a brilliant, and that was that was the one that I remember. He he went up against the the Green Hulk, and uh, there's a there's an arc there where he actually becomes the Hulk, right? Do you remember that? Oh yeah, he gets infected with like yeah. gamma radiation. Yeah. How cool uh, is yeah. that? Yeah, that was an awesome. So I can't remember who the writer is. Is it Dave Michelini uh, who writes? I I have no idea who writes uh, Web of Spider-Man. Um, I'm trying to remember. No, because I think Michelini was on Amazing, Amazing. for the long. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, that? during Acts, during Acts of Vengeance, we're going to cover them all. Web of Spider Man, Amazing awesome. Spider Man, Spider Spider Man. Yeah, awesome. Again, so you know, loonies get your Spider Man fixed. Out. A lot of loonies I know are big Spider Man fans. They kind of cross paths and are kind of similar in many ways. Um, just before we get into it, Phil, we're going to take a little break. But finally, um, just any, what are your favorite Spidey arcs? Just to throw it out to you. 
Uh, well, like I said, I mean, th- th- like back in that hey- our heyday, like I love that Axe of Vengeance stuff, yeah. and I-, I love that old Web of Spider-Man stuff. Um, yeah. Just like and probably any of the like the late '80s, like all of the '90s stuff. I just love all that stuff. <laughs> just just because you know I was a kid and a yeah. teenager when I was that all you know. Yeah, it's it's Spider-Man is like for me. I, I found he's been consistent consistently such a good title like uh amazing spider-man i collected spectacular spider-man web of spider-man as well um you know uh spider-man by todd mcfarlane i i did actually veer off towards um a bit i think he stopped drawing it um after a few issues right um into the teen uh, uh a bit later into the teens or well, like I said, in part one of this, it was issues 13 and 14. And he was still drawing that, but I, I yeah. don't think it was too much longer after that. Yes. I said, yeah, yeah. he yeah. stopped. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's when I kind of dropped off it as well, because I was riding the whole wave feel of, you know, the 90s back then. Um, all the big names, you're kind of following them like rock stars. <laughs> uh, oh, doing- yeah. Yeah. Back at, back in those days when a Sp- Spider-Man number one and X-Men number one were selling like a million copies I and know. stuff. Crazy. And I, I bought like a, a gazillion copies of X Force Number One, and I, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I sold one like not that long ago for five bucks <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> because there's no there's no point, right? <laughs> so there's um, so many. I know there's so many of them around, um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, okay, yeah, no, plenty plenty of good arcs. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorites was um, was the origin of of Tombstone. Uh, he's one of my favorite <laughs> villains. Uh, he had a close relation. Lonnie Lincoln had a close relationship with Robbie uh, Robbie Robertson. Is that his name? I can't remember his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was a normal dude. He was an albino, but he was, you know he was just a hitman. Um, he got stuck in some sort of room, and some gases got into him, and, and he became Tombstone. Um, what was it? Uh, cold as marble, hard as um, hard as ice. ice. Yeah, hard then, as yeah. ice. Yeah, that was his catch cry. <laughs> really cool stuff. That was in Web of Spider-Man. Alex Savuic, as you said, um, brilliant artwork. Um, but anyway, okay, Looney. So we have a bit of a setup here. We have Spider-Man in his black suit, swinging around, a little fatigued from fighting Morbius and saving some homeless people. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our Trade Arc review. Hi, this is Dave. And I'm Stu, and we're from the Signal of Doom. We're proud members of the Collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, episode 103. You are here with Ray and our very special guest, Phil, from the Ultimate Spider cast. And we're here to review for you uh, a couple of Mark Spectre issues here, uh, issues 32 and 33. Phil, these were, uh, uh, gratefully, these were your suggestions. And uh, what what great issues that you have chosen Oh yeah, it, there's, there's just some stuff in here. I just I can't wait to discuss because it's just like yeah. In in comparison to what how Mark Spector is like currently, mm. I'm just 
wow, wow really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of here, um, a lot of uh, backlash from from the Scarlet Redemption as well of how Mark and how Moon Knight is acting. So uh, yeah, we'll get into it, Loonies. But before that, just a little bit of a uh, little bit of the paperwork here. Phase of the Moon. Look, Loonies, it is a um, it is a wake, waxing crescent, really. So um, for you gazers out there, it is a waxing crescent. So we should be doing a modern run review. I have spoken in Konshu. He's lost his scepter. So we're doing that next week. This week we're doing a waxing gibbous, which is basically the, the phase of the moon next week. We're doing a bit of a swap. And with that is a trade arc review. And we've considered this a an arc. Obviously, it's a small one, a, a two-parter, so 32-33. Mark Spector released, um, it was between November and December 1991. Now available, it's pretty hard to get, right, Phil? Um, digitally, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much non-existent, right? I, I, what, I, I, digitally? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You're looking at it from the, uh, you're, you're, you've got the floppies, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I didn't, <laughs> at, at, like, in, I bought them a few years ago, so I mean, they're, yeah. they're available floppies somewhere, I mean, if you dig that's hard good. enough, I think you can find them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's good, I think one of the loonies uh, found them for a couple of bucks as well, so uh, he did well for himself, but yeah, available mainly in singles, look, fingers crossed that we'll get an epic collection of Mark Spector Moon Knight, it's got to be on the way, we've got the entire collection of Doug Mensch, uh, so it's not long to go before we get that. Uh, yeah, writers, well, we have the plot by J.M.D. Mateus and written by Howard Mackey, two awesome, awesome writers. Uh, penciler Ron Garney, look, um, Phil, this is one of my favourite um, teams here, actually. Ron Garney and Tom Palmer, brilliant. I mean, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but for me it does hark back to a lot of older kind of comics. Um, so really good stuff. Colorist Christy Schiel, um, letterer Ken Lopez and editor Danny Fingeroth. Now, Phil, what we usually do, uh, this is a Over the Moon, this is a trade arc review. We generally give a short synopsis. I've got uh, the synopses here from courtesy of Wiki. Now, I would like to um, borrow your dulcet tones, Phil, if possible. Uh, would you be able to read out um, both of these in succession of issue 32 and 33 to, to kind of lay the ground of what we are going to discuss? All right. Issue 32. Uh, Hobgoblin, in his demonic form, kills a mercenary. He declares his goal of killing other mercenaries as well. Moon Knight spars with Frenchie. He thinks about their recent disagreement due to his newfound compassion. Hobgoblin painfully transforms back and forth between his demonic form and human form. Meanwhile, Spider-Man searches the city for him. Hobgoblin finds and attacks Frenchie, but Spider-Man intervenes. When Hobgoblin escapes, Frenchie realizes he will be going after Mark Spector next. Hobgoblin arrives at Spector Manor and fights Moon Knight while continuing to switch forms randomly. And we jump to issue 33. Hobgoblin fights Moon Knight throughout Spector Manor. He continues to randomly transform between his demonic and human forms. Moon Knight tries to reason with him, but Frenchie and Spider-Man interrupt. Mackendale's body becomes divided into demonic and human halves and chokes himself. Moon Knight grabs hold and continues trying to get through to him. Hobgoblin crashes outside with Mackendale back in control. He attacks Marlene with a pumpkin bomb and to try and escape. Moon Knight follows Spider-Man and the Goblin Rider, then violently punches Hobgoblin into unconsciousness. Yes, Looney's a couple of great issues. They're action-packed as well, so you can't go wrong with this. 
But, uh, yeah, so that was a summation, basically, of issues 32, 33. Um, sorry, Half-Life and Torn were the, the titles of these issues, respectively. Now, Phil, okay, chomping to the bits here, your overall impressions of uh, this arc as a whole, what did you think of it? Um, Again, it's 90s stuff. Of course, I love it, and I love that I always love, like, J.M. DeMatteis' work, and mm. can I just uh, compliment you on uh, your interview with J.M. Oh, DeMatteis? Thank you, yeah. I was so so jealous, you know, in, in that <laughs> Big hulking 100th episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you had a long drive somewhere. So <laughs> it yeah. took me a couple of listens, but I got I got through. It, it was all good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was a great 100th episode. If it was me, I would have like divvied up all those. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, this each interview is a separate episode. They people, are, you yeah. But Ray was nice and gave you it all in one shot. One, one big hit. Yeah, no, he was a very, it was a very genuine and awesome bloke, um, JMD Mateus. Um, you know, yeah, I couldn't believe it as well. He's like I said, he's a legend of the field. Um, his work on Spider-Man um, alone is just phenomenal. Uh, but we managed to speak to him about Moon Knight. We forgot to actually speak to him about this because he's only credited as the plot here. Um, but you know Howard Mackey uh, writes uh, writes this, but um, yeah, no, it, it is a really a really fun run. Not as cerebral, I thought, as the Scarlet Redemption, but I guess it makes sense that he kind of carries on because there there are connections here to to the previous arc of the Scarlet Redemption, and one of them most notably notably being Phil Moon Knight being more compassionate. Right? Um, there's this shift in his modus operandi. Yes, it's. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're just jumping into this from the, you know, just reading modern Moon Knight, it's very weird. Like, yeah, you're getting like a more compassionate, more expector, and it's mm. like, I mean, how many years later this is going to be the guy cutting the face off Bushman? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so again, JM not afraid to to dabble and and to tweak characters as they are. I mean, having said that, this was only a short two parter, so. Um, you got a sense of it, but it's not like it had any ramifications, right? Um, the only ramifications were that kind of little uh, tiff with, with Frenchie, um, which I found a bit weird. Like, he was so angry at Mark for for being more compassionate. Did that make sense to you at all? Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, well, well, looking at it back from, you know, hindsight and everything, I'm just like, okay, did, did Frenchie not, what, was he afraid he's going to be out here alone in his mm. violent ways, or like, is he dealing with his own stuff, you know, because we get revelations about Frenchie years yes. later, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the next issue, 34, is that standalone Frenchie um, issue. Oh, yeah, with, uh, was a Kill Shriker or whatever? Shri- yeah, yeah, that was a, that's a cool yeah. issue as well in its own right. But, yeah, so we do get, um, as mentioned in the synopsis, um, Moon Knight and Frenchie, they're a bit strained. Um, but the good thing, though, is, uh, again, like Marlene uh, is the constant uh, rock to Mark, and she's there to support him the whole way throughout. Uh, because he's going through this tough thing, and, and she ends up being the um, uh, the the reason that how shall we say that Mark almost crosses the line again. Like you know, he gets so wound up towards the end that he really just pummels Hobgoblin to unconsciousness. Which um, what did you find of the ending? The ending was a little, I thought, a little abrupt, a little weird. Um, yeah, it it seemed the end very abrupt because you know. Hobgoblin took human form, so Mark was able to 
basically pummel him unconscious. But uh, mm. yeah, no, I've I've heard I've heard Mackie get that rap that sometimes some of his like pacing is a little off. Sometimes it, you know it and seems to end kind of abruptly. Sometimes some of his issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, well, it, certainly I felt that with that. Not, not that it was a totally bad thing. And again, uh, it's it's hard with a two parter, right? But there are a lot of loose ends. Like you know, this whole thing and. This was one of the main things, like this uh, this struggle of the demonic form and the human form in the Hobgoblin. Uh, that ends abruptly. You know, that's kind of like just glossed over oh, yeah. at the end, right? You know, he, he's knocked unconscious and, you know, he's probably sent to the authorities and, you know, that's that. We're all happy and, you know, happy is Larry, but he's still got these demons to work through. I know. I mean, I don't know if we should uh, explain for the kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. back in the day there was a... Uh... Uh, big crossover throw in the books called Inferno. It was basically mm-hmm. an X Men event, but it yeah went through everyone's book and basically this is this Jason McIndale was the second Hobgoblin and he was looking for more power, so he got a demon bonded to him. Yes. But then eventually, him and the demon are fighting for control of the body. And I think uh, I think it was in our uh, favorite web of Spider Man, the two of them fi- actually like pull apart. Oh really? Was it okay? Yeah. Was it? Is it? Is it in, in the? I think it's a story arc, Name of the Rose. But uh, oh, okay, that rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. And so the demon pulls himself apart, and that's where you get the demo goblin from. Is uh, yeah, the demon when when it fully separates itself from Mackendale. Ah, right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did you think of this um this uh tool to to show this conflict between Hobgoblin or the demo goblin and and Mackendale? Um, symbolic, would you say, I guess, or, or paralleling Moon Knight's identity? Oh yeah, I think, yeah. I I think it I think it's a it's a very, very uh you know symbolic of Mark and even probably Frenchie to a degree of these mercenaries fighting their inner demons and everything. Actually, that's probably a better way to put it because, I mean, just thinking that about that now and what we've mentioned, Mark Spector, um, and we've mentioned it before, Chuck Dixon has confirmed it, uh, they, this series, they really did veer away from the multiple identities. So it, it probably is more, as you say, more towards this um, symbolism of the mercenaries um, kind of looking at their past life and you look at Moon Knight, he, that guilt that he has of his Merc days, uh, and then the same thing, like, you know, that tension between him and Frenchie, who, um, again, I found a little weird that Frenchie seemed to be kind of um, um, endorsing, you know, this mer- the mercenary ways. But a- anyway, um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's basically more so what it was than, yeah, than his identities alone. Um. Yeah, and not to veer too far, of course, but I wanted to get your opinions. Uh, yeah, in, in this Mark Spector series, I'm. What are your thoughts? It was were, was Marvel trying to? I know you don't like this word. Gonna have to bleep that out, Phil. You know that <laughs> the, the B word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I enjoyed this series. I, I can obviously I can see the um, the parallels and. And it does make sense, like hearing now that this apparently was the aim of Marvel to try and do it. Um, it it's a different spin on Mark Spector. And looking back compared to the rest of the volumes, uh, it is it is like a, a distinct, you know, it's as distinct as um, as Bendis's run, you know, as distinct as Lemire's run. Like, I'm, I'm, I say that in a in totally, you know, good, good way. Uh, yeah. as, as distinct as the Houston run as well. So um, we're given this... Totally, and I think it's actually very apt because that it was done in the nineties. Because it's very, very nineties to 
to do. Like, can you imagine Lemire's run, say, done in the 90s? I can't imagine something, a tale told like that in the 90s. This kind of fits it, you know, just action-packed, you know, a crusade, uh, capes adventure by someone. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it was very much of, of the time. Um, did you did you enjoy the Mark Spector run overall as well, or how did you find it? Because I know that you are a um, a fan of the other guy <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, no, um, I put I picked up a little Mark Spector Moon Knight here and there in the nineties, but yeah. it it basically what I really. Uh, supercharged me in the Moon Knight fandom was that Charlie Houston run. Mm. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. A- after I started reading that, I was like, oh, I'm going back and I'm going to read everything I can. Like I said, I picked up most of Mark Spector Moon Knight series mm. and I got to go back and uh, fill in some gaps in that Doug Mensch series. I lo- that series is that also is good. Very good indeed. Well, can I be can I be absolutely frank with you as well, Phil? Mm. I, b- I believe, actually, because I started collecting Moon Knight in the 90s, uh, on and off, right? But I think mm. one of the big draw cards for Moon Knight, because I'm just I'm picturing it now when I'm in the comic book store, was actually literally the paper stock. I know it sounds really dodgy, but mm. Moon Knight's paper stock, Mark Spector Moon Knight's paper, was different from the other ones. Like you get the cheapo one. Like I was rereading an old um, Peter David Incredible Hulk comic that I have. And it's faded, it's friggin' the colours are all flat and everything, because obviously age, it's just kind of worn. But, yeah. um, because that's from really cheap stock. But I remember the Mark Spector run was always glossy, always really nicely formatted. So I think that's what kind of drew me to it as well. And I kept on just collecting it, going, look, this is really good. <laughs> well, yeah, but was it, was it, were those directed edition only? Like, they, were those on the newsstand or no? Oh, yeah, I only got, um, yeah, so I went exclusively to a, a comic book store. Um, so they were all direct editions. Yeah, yeah, even the um, the Incredible, all, all the Incredible Hulk ones as well. But I remember mm. the, the bigger titles had the cheaper stock. Um, I yeah. don't know, maybe because they printed more of them. I, I don't know. But Moon Knight seemed to have a, a, yeah, a particular stock to it. Anyway, so that was one of the reasons why I kind of liked it. And, um one of the fond memories I have of, of Mark Spector Moon Knight. Um, and it works really well. I, maybe that's why I really like Ron Garney's art on this as well, because that that art on that paper made it look really, really nice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if we... Oh, let's see. If we go through it as well, um, obviously there's the... Um, Hobgoblin is attacking the mercenaries. He kills the guy at the beginning. You know, obviously the guy's got a red on his ledger, so he gets friggin' done by, and it's not long before Frenchie and and uh, Mark Spector are in the sights of Hobgoblin. Um, let's talk about Spidey then. He intervenes as well, so he comes swinging in, doesn't he? Um, and there's a nice little, uh, on page 16, uh, there's a nice little, very short recap, um, and a little reference there by Danny about Spider-Man's travails before that. Well, yeah, I think you kind of had to put that in because it's kind mm-hmm. of funny because it's like, yeah, Spider-Man basically put this uh, put the black suit on just for that one adventure. Yeah. So I don't know if somebody in, on the Moon Knight book really wanted him in the black suit because it's just like, oh, no, no, let's catch him before he gets home so he can be in this. <laughs> in the black suit. Well, that's very interesting as well that like you say that because you know it from the greater context as well because uh, I just took that for granted. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. why – was that the only reason that he wore the black suit, as mentioned in thirteen fourteen? Because he he wanted to go down where it's dark and 
Yeah, he wanted to kind of blend in, so yeah. maybe they wouldn't come in a mile away. Yeah, that's the only reason he wow. wore that suit. Because, oh, yeah, I mean, because, uh, again, obviously, as Mark Spector, you see him in black. I wonder if he um, if he ended up in the black suit um, on any other, like, issues. I, I don't think he did. But, yeah, that's a very strange thing to do. Maybe they were testing the waters um, to see how people would... I mean, for many, the symbiote suit is... Well, not that this is a symbiote suit, but this aesthetic is one of the favourite oh. Spider-Man suits, you know, for a lot of people. Oh, I- I love that suit. I think it looks mm. so sleek and like streamlined. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. 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 Me too, as well. I mean, obviously, I'm such. You know, the classics. The classic look is also good as well. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, the black suit is is very cool indeed. Anyway, so he I'm got. Just, yep. Oh, sorry. sorry. I was going to say, I'm just waiting for them to do a, a combo in the comics because, like, in the movie, I mean, in the Far From Home movie, I mean, not too much spoilers, but he gets like a red and black suit, and the red and black look together look pretty nice. So, really, a red and mm-hmm. black suit. Okay, was that yeah. um, okay? No spoilers because I haven't seen it as well. I'm just fishing here, Phil. Was it um, was that a Stark suit or no? Um, well, let's okay, just no, say it was <laughs> it was made with Stark tech. I'll okay. just leave it at that. Okay, yeah. cool. Ah, oh, nice. Um. So yeah. So anyway, um, Spider Man comes in, and uh, <laughs> I've got to laugh here. The next page, page seventeen. There's a very gorgeous shot there of MJ just in her <laughs> lingerie. <laughs> in her lingerie. I mean, why not put it in there, right? <laughs> you know, uh, we're in the nineties. We're living it up. Uh, Ron Garney. You know, why not? Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, it's not long before Frenchie gets targeted. What, what did you think of Spider Man's involvement in here as well? Um, so, JM obviously has a vested interest in Spider-Man. Um, to me, though, he doesn't play too much of a big part in this, though. Is it just? Do you reckon it's just for for marketing, for promotion? Maybe, and I don't know if like back the, back in these days in the nineties, it's like, oh, well, Hobgoblin's a Spider-Man villain, so we yeah, need Spider-Man story. Yeah. In these days, Hobgoblin just would have showed up and mm. fought without any Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. The the walls to those like the villain who's who's villain is very much been taken down these days, hasn't it? Like you know, you get. Oh, I, I can't think of um, just thing off the top of my head. Uh, maybe the Nick Spencer Ant Man run. He gets he runs into a lot of um, villains as well, um, which you don't really question at all anymore. About you know, isn't that meant to be kind of? Of course, if you know, if it was Malekith or something, <laughs> uh, that's that's very different. But yeah, uh, no, true that that as well. Maybe because of Hobgoblin's uh, appearance. Uh, that could well have done it. Uh, also, as well, there's a bit of another another religious um, kind of undertone to this with the demo goblin. Um, he feels he's doing some sort of high powers work. Um, I think that's a bit of uh, um, that may have come again from I think J.M.D. Mateus. There were there are very much a lot of uh, undertones in the Scarlet Redemption run as well um and i see a lot of kind of connections between that and how hobgoblin is treated here um had you come across the demo goblin hobgoblin anywhere else in a lot of the other spider titles is this was he very much kind of like this yeah uh especially when he um when the demon was bonded the mac and then when even when he separates yeah i just found it very um humorous that this demon was like thought he was doing quote unquote the lord's work you know yeah, that doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah that's true uh and 
what what was his reasoning? He wanted to kill all the the mercenaries who who had done wrong, who had sinned, so that he could carry on and do like the sinning for them or something. It was a really weird kind of way to um to justify what he was doing. It was like his holy mission or something. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was almost, I was almost gonna be, um, I was wanting to really pimp out this episode and like say <laughs> we could did it like a three parter because I, I think he does mention a Ghost Rider issue too. I was like, oh, we could have got inner demons in on this. Oh man, we could have because that is something yeah. at the back of my head. I'm sure he's in a Ghost Rider thing, isn't he? I'm sure he is. Yeah, because that's what I think started uh, Mac and Dale and the demon like to start fighting for the bodies. Like I think yeah. Johnny Blaze with hellfire or something i think actually the inner demons guys have actually reviewed that issue from memory because i remember they were talking about spidey how he was kind of um he was such a naysayer in it all yes i do remember them talking about a spider spider man yeah yes and i think he was in the no he wasn't in the black suit he was in the red and blue suit there but still um the same kind of yeah 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 oh come on brian brian and chris we 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 got to do a uh, a three part crossover sometime. So this would have been cool. We, we we can set something up later on. I'm sure. I was uh, going to say we need to find some kind of crossover. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, we're still trying to find that Moon Knight Quasar crossover. <laughs> I don't think it exists. I wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of fighting here as a hobgoblin actually tries to carry out his mission. Um, what I really do enjoy in this as well, Phil, is that you get to see the kick arsery of Frenchie as well, and and yep. you know, alluding to alluding to issue thirty four, he is. I've said it before ages ago. He is a superhero in his own right. He just doesn't have a costume, right? He's he's a yes. pretty cool dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's basically Mark Spector without the costume and, like, the multiple personalities. Mm, yeah, more focused. Um, and he actually beats him in that little um, practice duel <laughs> they have, and he nearly <laughs> nearly kills him, takes out the knives, and actually wants to uh, to stick Mark, but um, but thinks otherwise at the end. Uh, yeah, so uh, Frenchie is, is doing very well here. Uh, when they get into... Um, into Grant Mansion or Spectre Manor, um, that's when the fight really kind of starts to take hold. We see a couple of um, a couple of harks um, harking back to Fist of Conchu. You know, there's that boomerang, that moon. Yes. Yeah, that you don't see all that often. Um, so he he takes that out to um, to knock Hobgoblin, um, but it's not long before Hobgoblin kind of gets his own back, and obviously that ends issue 32. This was way before Mark had the adamantium armor, isn't it? That was later on. That was towards issue 50, I think. Remember he had the... Um, yeah. yeah. Is it, wasn't that like kind of a little before Infinity War, which you guys covered? I think so, yeah. I think it was after the run-in or something he had with Doom. So I believe he's only got Kevlar here, but he gets um, he gets shot here by Hobgoblin with his I don't know Hellfire, I guess. Um, oh, that's it. Of course, um, this was this does reference the Ghost Rider issue because yeah. um, Mackendale says he gets stuffed up after hit being hit with a Hellfire. So um, that was in the Ghost Rider issue, um, which we mentioned. Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't know uh, any anything else here to add, Phil of. Um, more so from issue thirty three. It's pretty much just action packed here. 
Um, I know some of the people don't like those Fist of Conchu weapons, like the boomerang you mentioned, but do you feel national pride when uh, Moon Knight's using those uh, bo- that, that big golden boomerang? <laughs> I certainly do, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was just waiting for, for Moon Knight to crack a shrimp on the barbie as well <laughs> that'd be cool that'd be cool um no no it's uh no all good um i do i do love and again i'm gonna go back to ron garney i love the look of moon knight here the way he's drawn is just um ominous this is even before his kevlar oh his adamantium armor which i'm kind of if like half half liking like he had those crescent dart wrist blasters which are a bit overkill for me remember them i just i prefer him just shoot uh, throwing them and didn't he have like an adamantium uh trunkian or whatever yes. he threw would he, he, he it would like magnetically like call back or whatever yeah you know? and connect as very much dead it will connect to a staff bow staff and and do and be nunchuckers yeah. all, all that sort of stuff um but yeah no look the action here was was pretty good um pretty good to see moon knight in action here again like you don't see i mean spider-man comes in a couple of times with frenchie to kind of um divert attention from hobgoblin and moon knight basically again it's it's one villain versus three (laughs) three guys so uh you kind of know what the result will be um but yeah pretty tragic that he um he is literally kind of split in half um, that was quite a shocking, shocking scene that I can imagine a very horror kind of, kind of look there. Um, yeah, there's a beautiful, what's that splash page, um, page 19, um, where he's choking himself <laughs> and, uh, and shouting and he's got half the face. Um, I thought that was a really, really nice, um, uh, piece of art there by Ron Garney and Tom Palmer. Mm. But we also, towards the end here, Phil... We get uh, a little bit of uh, tidbits of, I believe it is Randall Spector lurking in the shadows, right? Yeah, because isn't I, isn't that the next big arc? I, like yeah. we said, I think it's used the Frenchie issue, and then after that, it's after the Randall that, Spector. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, Blood Brothers, which is a great arc with with uh, the Punisher in it as well. Having said that, we should try and get. Um, I was about to say we should do a crossover with the Punisher <laughs> podcast or something, but yeah, no, that, yeah, that's right. Uh, Randall Specter, and it's alluded to here. Um, Mark ha- is traumatized, obviously, when Randall had literally sunk a, uh, an axe into Marlene's back back in the day, which is all the way back in the Hulk magazine. Um, and yeah, so he—that's when he kind of gets the um, goes a bit berserker on uh, on Hob- Hobgoblin and beats him to a pulp to save Marlene. But, yeah, she's not safe because, um, yeah, as we said, Randall Spector's coming soon. But, uh, yeah, overall, uh, a really, you know, a really enjoyable issue, I thought, Phil. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I think if we were to rate this with our convoluted moon rating system, I'll, I'll throw it to you first, Phil. Out of ten... What would you give this uh, issues thirty two and thirty three of Mark Spector Moon Knight? Um, I don't know if it's my nineties nostalgia kicking in mm-hmm. or what, but I mean, I like I said, I love uh, Jam D. Mateus, uh, mm-hmm. even Howard Mackey, the Ron Garney art. I always love Ron Garney. Yeah. It's so bring back to my childhood and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I love Spider Man and Moon Knight. Um, so I'd probably give it an uh, eight out of ten, which is what a waxing gibbous. <laughs> A waxing gibbous, yeah, nice one, yeah, eight out of ten. Um, that's pretty, 
That's pretty good, pretty high regard. Look, I had I'd filled it in there, Phil. You'd seen my score already. Um, I really enjoyed it as well, um, but I tended... Oh, I'm very inconsistent with scoring. This time, I'm tending to be conservative, uh, so I'm giving it just a, a nice, even three-quarter moon, a seven and a half, which is no slouch of a score. Uh, highly enjoyable. Um, it's great to be off the back of the Scarlet Redemption, um, for a short while, it's good to see Moon Knight in a different kind of mindset, a more compassionate. Um, we forgot to mention, Phil, there's that... Oh, actually, no, that was in the epilogue of Scarlet Redemption. There's a nice little uh, sequence when Moon Knight uh, is confronting these criminals and he's confronting them in a a non-aggressive way. <laughs> and he manages to basically negotiate with them and tell them to, to not do the crimes that they do. So we get a, do, a new Moon Knight, albeit for like three three issues, um, and uh, we get all the, the, the tension between his supporting cast that we know and love. So, yeah, seven and a half, um, pretty good. And, Phil, let me just chuck that one in, a waxing gibbous. So there you go, loonies. Uh, that is our trade-out review from part two of our crossover between the symbiote, or oh, not symbiote, the black-suited Spider-Man and Moon Knight, covering Spider-Man 13 and 14 from the Ultimate Spider-Cast, and in this episode, covering Mark Spector, Moon Knight, issues 32 and 33. Now, Phil, we aren't finished yet. We have a couple of Mooney missives here that I'd like to share with you. Um, would you perhaps like to uh, open the account here? We got some feedback from our Facebook group, Um and uh yeah so uh yeah would you like to kick us off sure uh i mean the rig- first one from rick uh mm-hmm. gentusa mm-hmm. uh some of my initial thoughts he said ron garney has got to be one of the most underrated moon knight artists agree the cover for issue 32 is without a doubt top five best moon knight covers of all time oh it's a big it's a big call but that's i'm uh, happy with that face the face with the hobgoblin yeah 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 uh, this two-issue arc is short, but thanks to a writer as talented as Howard Mackey, he's able to fit so much goodness in these issues. Mm-hmm. The way Hobgoblin was constantly fighting himself for what personality will be dominant is a really interesting parallel for what Mark has to deal with in the later runs, like the Houston and Lemire runs, which That's, I think we kind of mentioned. Yeah, true. And and that is, that is a good link, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a precursor. Um I'm not sure if it was totally planned, but it is nice to look at in hindsight. Uh, black suit Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man. Uh, That's it. They're pointing the baiting me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, oh, 90s love. Uh, uh, if, yeah. Dark Hawks, if Dark Hawks showed up, <laughs> it would have been perfect timing at the exact same time Hobgoblin was terrorizing oh. Dark Hawks. Three or four issues of his book in the same year, and Spider Man also was a guest star. Oh, wow! So the Rick Ball. Wow, nice pick up there. Okay, so the Dark Phil, there's another thing that Black Spider Man turned up in. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, did you collect Dark Hawk? Nah, um, no, not really. But I don't uh, think he was in the Black Suit. I oh, think Spider Man might be in the Red. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I think that happened and then. then you guys covered Round Robin, and I think that kind of spun Darkhawk and Spider-Man into Round Robin, didn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, I think it did. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. But uh, Rick Ball is a big Darkhawk fan and a big 90s fan, so no surprises there. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Yeah, but he gave it four four point five out of five crescent moons, Ooh. only because it needs more dark dark hawk. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm gonna start listening to the Ultimate Spider Cast now after part one. Yes, nice. awesome stuff. Yeah, and that's what we love to see. Um, yeah, excellent, excellent stuff. So give it a listen. There are plenty of um, episodes there, as Phil mentioned, covering a lot of different issues and different themes. So if you like your Doc Ock, if you like your Mysterio, uh, definitely check it out. But yep, thank you so much for that. Uh, look, um, look, we got a. Short one here. I'll do the next two, Phil, just because this one's short. Uh, we got one from Looney Jordan. Jordan Hegarty. Thanks, Jordan. Jordan was the uh, the Looney that posted the Crescent Beach. Lives near Moon Knight's Beach. He also said he bought these issues today for a dollar each. Ouch. Phil, how much did you get yours for? Were they... Uh... Um, if they weren't a dollar... I'm trying to remember. It's been a few years. If they weren't a dollar, they probably weren't too much more. I mean, I don't uh... think I'd probably... And a two or three then for each issue, yeah. Oh, the ongoing bane of my Australian existence. You guys are so well treated with your back issues. That's awesome. Uh, well, I think yeah. I think everyone's prices are going up. I think with as the yeah. MCU more and more popular, mm. I think issue prices are going up everywhere yeah, which is great for you guys i mean attack those dollar bins um, when you can you know and you never know what you'll find i saw there was another post a random post some guy picked up some captain america uh mm. issues uh for his fourth of the fourth of july uh celebrations yeah. he said and uh he picked them up for like next to nothing so i'm uh, very happy for you uh american loonies i just wish australia had something like that but thank you so much jordan for that uh and again we have one of our beloved loonies here josh Geronimo! johnson he writes in uh, and he says haven't read this for a few years i forgot how badass this story is and how couldn't it be not only with mooney but also hobgoblin and a black suited spider-man from the get-go, the covers are phenomenal, and all the art itself is great. Absolutely agree. Ron Garney does an amazing job, especially on Hobgoblin. Uh, the detail he puts into that demon face is crazy. Having Mark and Frenchie know Jason McIndale in the Mercenary days is a nice and logical connection. Uh, would be cool to see the two interact in a flashback, which would have been really cool as well, I think. Um, Actually, and would have yep. been good later on in the runs. I'd, you know, I'd love for someone to pick this up and, and have Mackendale in there with Mark Spector and Frenchie and Bushman. Um, also, uh, uh, this is also an important story for both Mooney and Hobby. Moon Knight gets some virus that will affect him all the way up through Infinity War, while Mackendale is finally rid of the demon he was bonded with in the Inferno crossover. Seeing him struggle and fight for his body and mind was quite emotional, on top of also fighting two superheroes. Well, three, if you count Frenchie. Um, but he loses my sympathy when he's back to his normal self and attacks Marlene, absolutely, and proves that he's still a dickhead. <laughs> Excellent. They should, <laughs> they, they should use dickhead in, in the comic books. I reckon that's, you know grassroots also i'm glad this story got the black suited spidey instead of the regular red and blues it just fits the tone more plus back in the heyday of spider-man versus hobgoblin in the mid 80s he was wearing the black suit overall a great two-parter that i'd rate a waxing gibbous so thank you josh um he is like-minded with you phil a waxing gibbous 
Oh yeah, and I just, I'm just I'm just waiting one of these days for the menace of the dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a you just have a villain called Dickhead. That'd be that'd be, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, I I loathe to think of what his power would be. Anyway, um, Phil, uh, can you just take uh, maybe finish us off here with a last comment? It's from our Facebook page. Yes, uh, Dan Treadway says, "Look like Hobgoblin got in the Moon Knight's ketamine. Stay down, fiend." <laughs> <laughs> uh, a nice little. I'm assuming a little slight reference there to the Moon Knight Core. Um, they come up with a lot of funny stuff and. Uh, they've created a little uh, a little culture of Moon Knight himself there. So well done. Thank you, Dan. And thank you, everyone, for your comments. Well, that about wraps it. Before I finish this, though, Phil, I was reminded, and we got a late message. Um, I wanted to say um, the other high priest, Konishu, couldn't be here. Um, he is struck with a virus. I'm hoping it's not something like Mark Spector's towards the end of uh, the Mark Spector run. Otherwise, we're all in trouble. But Konishu, hoping you get well soon. He did also want to mention, Phil, that in that Soldier Supreme annual, there's also another little tidbit there. Apparently Bushmaster is... uh, Ah, um, mentioned or or there's some sort of reference to him which sounds pretty cool bushman the hunter sorry not bushmaster bushman the hunter yeah oh must be a okay. combo with craven, craven yeah. yeah how cool is that yeah. that's good so uh no thank you thank you Konishu. i wish i could get the um i'm gonna have to wait for a trade phil just uh there's just mm-hmm. too many damn comics out there too much goodness but anyway but- no th- sorry yeah, well, I'm sorry. I was going to say, it seems like the Warps, I mean, we're getting the Acts of Evil uh, annuals this year, but that, it seems like the Warps may be getting their own Acts of Vengeance or Acts of Evil, because I think that's that's the whole point. It seems like a bunch of their enemies are attacking, you know, oh. different opponents. Okay. Well, they might have their own. Oh, see, this is all a bit confusing. Give us Acts of Vengeance where it was a lot more clear-cut. <laughs> yeah. And uh... <laughs> Too many events to all at once. I mean, they can't exactly. end one. They start one event before the other one's over. That that's oh, one other thing. And again, these days it's like anyone's enemy just attacks anyone. So I don't know if acts of vengeance works. Yeah, these days. I know it's a shame. I was thinking of I was uh, entertaining the idea of getting the acts of vengeance omnibus fill because that is. Do you remember who Quasar? Who Quasar fights acts of vengeance? Yeah, um, the absorbing man. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, uh, I remember the cover. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was a good absorbing one. Man. Yeah. And then the next issue, uh, the Red Ghost. Oh, the Red Ghost. Villain, yeah. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, it was that was co- he was on another planet somewhere, right? On the, on the moon. On the moon, right? Yeah, the Red Ghost was trying to break into the Watchers. Uh, how? Whatever. Yeah. Loonies, this is why you should be listening to the Quantum Zone. You have Phil here <laughs> off the top of his head. Yeah, given all these references, he knows his stuff, so go listen to him. Uh, anyway, with that, Phil, a huge thank you for coming onto the show. It's been awesome. Oh, thank you for having me. You know I love doing this. Oh, man, yeah. I, I love just chatting comics with you as well. And um, I think I mentioned to you ages ago, there's another X Factor Epic Collection coming out, man. We've got we've to gotta get together for that. <laughs> uh, we'll cover that because we covered the first one on Capes and Lunatics. Yeah, we got that. Yeah. Again, I we got to cover that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and before we um, before we go, there, Phil, another a shout out, another plug to where can everyone find you and listen to you? 
Uh, the easiest way to find all our stuff, just uh, follow Capes and Lunatics and Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks on all the social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, it's at Capes Lunatics and at CL Sidekicks. Uh, they were, we're both on Instagram. Uh, there's one voicemail for everything, 614-382-2737. That's 614-38-CAPES. You can just pick up your phone and send us your thoughts on comic books, TV, movies. Uh, and we have and we have a website that's like a work in progress, capesandlunatics.org. Mm-hmm. And the vo- and uh, email, capesandlunatics at gmail.com. Awesome stuff. And you have merchandise as well, Phil. I'm going to have to try and get a um, trying to get something there for myself as well. You yes. Yeah, on T it's on uh, T Public. Yeah, we have T-shirts. Uh, I believe they have phone cases. Um, they have mugs. I think. Yeah, they have a bunch of different merchandise you can put our logo on. Fantastic. Well, uh, Looney's as mentioned also as well. Just check out the show notes, the shout outs, and um, we'll have all the details there for you. Contact Phil. Listen to his podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, right, Looney's. Well, next phase, as I mentioned, we're swapping phases. So, next phase, which is actually a waxing gibbous. We'll be doing a Waxing Crescent, which is a modern run review, and we're going back to our Bendis run. So we, we reviewed issue one. I think Connish and myself reviewed issue one. We'll be doing issue two of volume six, uh, Moon Knight, which is written by none other than Brian Michael Bendis. Um, uh, final things for, for thoughts of uh, for thoughts of the Bendis run? Be interested to know. Ah, very controversial. Very controversial. <laughs> well, I find Mr. Bendis very controversial. I either like love his stuff or yep. I'm just like, what are you doing in this arc? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I'm never bored with his stuff. I either love it or I just have a big problem with it. So Yeah, he's uh, a very talented, very talented writer. Um but yeah, he is polarizing to say the least for a lot of a lot of readers. Um finally also as well, Loonies, you can find us on email. Drop us a line, ITK Moon night at gmail.com website www.intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com our facebook page is facebook.com slash itk moon night and our group which is ever growing please join it's uh it's so much fun to share stuff um and yeah we can we can shout you out on the show facebook.com slash groups slash itk moon night our twitter handle is at itk moon night and we're on instagram tumblr youtube just search for into the night with a k a moon night podcast finally itunes ratings uh look if you like what you heard or if you want to uh suggest something um, to help us improve the show we are receptive to all that um, just drop us a, a rating it just helps us um, reach other loonies out there as well and finally uh, yep we're on all good podcast catches so whatever you're listening to now um, try the other ones as well uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud iHeartRadio, I don't know how to, to plug this one Phil, <laughs> it's just weird because people are listening if they are listening right now so uh, it's a bit redundant, oh. anyway <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, oh, tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. Uh, anyway, Loonies, thank you so much for joining us once again. Um, a huge thanks to Phil. And as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. 
The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.